pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 114. Today I'm going to chat with Jonathan Gibbon from Arms List, talk about how a hug can mean all the difference, and discuss the comeback of shoulder holsters. I am your host, Ava Flanell. And Jonathan, how are you doing today? Very good. Thanks for having me. Of course. You mentioned it's raining over by you. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a cold, wet, miserable day in Pennsylvania. Ugh, great. Well, I've noticed, I don't know what happened here in Colorado, but I mean, we pretty much just like skipped fall and like kind of went into winter. So it's like, I don't know, like 37 degrees here today. Yeah, it's climate change, right? Ugh, I guess so. <laughs> Although this weekend, I think I'm going to go to Texas to do a rifle class and I saw the, the weather there. It's like in the seventies. So that'll be like a little mini vacation. <laughs> Are you driving down or? No, I'm flying? just going to fly. It's, it's so cheap to fly from like Denver into Austin. So. But yeah, I'm excited, uh, just for really the warm weather and obviously to, to learn more about, uh, rifles and stuff. Cause I think it's important to train with like other instructors. So really looking forward to that. All right. So before we start talking about arms list, uh, I just wanted to talk about Manicore arms real quick. And you guys w- would have seen, I posted a YouTube video where I put together this AR chambered in 762 by 39. I am using the Manicore arms night break and you'll see when I'm shooting it. So it's advertised that it provides both muzzle rise reduction and recoil reduction. And you can, you can really see that in the video. I mean, I'm really not even holding onto it like that well. And it's just, I mean, it's just such a flat shooter. So I highly recommend the night break. It's on their website for $64.95. But if you use the coupon code gunfunny15, you'll get 15% off. And that is at manicorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. So, Jonathan, what is your current job? And uh, I'm position? the owner, and we're not that big of a company, so I wear a lot of hats, and so does everybody else here. Isn't that crazy that, like, you see, cause I've met a lot of companies recently where they have such a strong online presence and a lot of people have heard about them. And then you go to their facility and it's like, you know, like a five person operation. You're like, damn, you know, it, it seems like it's such a, it's like a much bigger company than what it is. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we get that a lot. People are like, oh, you guys are huge. You must be, you know, you must have all kind of money and everything else. It's like, well, when you run a free website, it's not quite the same as when you, you know, sell overpriced ARs. Like yeah. some of the, the companies have gotten some bad PR lately. Right. Yeah. I know. I actually was thinking about that too. I was like, man, at the end of the day, like it's nice what you're doing, but aside from like maybe advertisements, like I'm like, I don't really know how you're making much of a profit, but we'll get into that later on kind of what you decided, you know, why you decided the path that you chose. So what made you come up with the idea for arms list? Well, the, Big tech bias against uh, the Second Amendment is actually a lot older than a lot of the recent stuff. You know, companies like Craigslist and other companies started just banning uh, gun posts a really long time ago. And, you know, I kind of saw that as a a bad thing and realized we needed websites that will let you talk about things like that. Because, well, you know, what good is the Second Amendment if you can't talk about it on the Internet? Mm -hmm. So that was sort of the beginning. Okay. 
And, um, cause I mean, so really, so for people who don't know what arms list is, can you just kind of give them an overview? Yeah. Arms list is a, uh, free website people use where you can, you know, post stuff for sale and people can send you a message. You can decide what you want to do after you talk to them more. Uh, we don't take a cut of the sale or anything like that. So your, your fees should be pretty low. And if you're a gun store, uh, for 30 bucks a month, you can sell as many guns as you, as you physically can, can turn over in your inventory. We don't have any limits and we don't have any fees on top of that either. Nice. So would you say that it's difficult for people once they buy a gun to resell it? Probably not in the U.S. I mean, maybe in certain jurisdictions like California or New York where they, they have really restrictive state laws. But obviously in you know states like Texas and, and Pennsylvania, we can't sell a handgun without uh, going and doing the – technically it's called a PICS check. It's a Pennsylvania-run system, but it talks to the federal system. But anyway, you have to go to a gun store and do that to do pistols but not long guns in Pennsylvania. So I think most people are able to to do that. You know, even even if you have to go do the background check, it's usually not that much work for the the average person that's you know into that thing. You you know where to find a gun store and how to talk to other people that want to buy a gun. Mm-hmm. And you said that they only have to do that for a handgun, not a long gun. Uh, well, that's Pennsylvania. Every state's different, yeah. Unfortunately, so it's really hard to you know give people broad rules. So you just have to check your state. There's a lot of states you have to do it for everything. Yeah, I know, but it's just interesting that, you know, especially with the media, they're making all the long guns seem like they're oh, like, yeah, the super AR's bad, uh, and yet here you can, you know. Public enemy number one for yeah. people who don't know anything about guns. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I would say that I do think, like, typically, because I'm a firearms instructor, and so I always tell a lot of students to, like, take the class first and then buy a gun because the last thing I want to do is, like, see them buy something that they regret because the person behind the counter was just, you know, pushing some sale. But I've I've also noticed that, like, if they do resell it, it is kind of difficult to resell it or they fear that, like, well, what if it's, you know, used in a crime and now it's registered to me even though here in Colorado guns aren't registered or they typically don't, they get like very little back for what they paid. So that's why I am like thankful for websites like Arms List because it does give people the ability to sell their guns because I mean now like they're cracking down on everything. And I've seen some places like, have you seen like in Facebook marketplace where somebody will sell a quote unquote gun box? So it's just a yeah, picture they'll, they'll of just the case, but you can tell by the price. It's, that's yeah, not accurate. Yeah, exactly. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, with companies like Facebook, obviously, you know, they're, they're, they have their own agenda internally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as far as economics go, there's plenty of people out there that have guns and people that want to sell them and people want to buy them. So in one breath, you know, it's their website. They can do what they want, which, you know, I hear a lot of people say, but you know, at the same time, if it's a constitutionally protected right, they're, they're by, you know, buying and selling these inanimate objects is, is constitutionally protected behavior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they're doing that, that's, it's, it's really just as bad, if not, you know, worse than, you know, when people are discriminating, uh, based on skin color and other things in the past, you know, not letting people eat in their restaurant or get a hotel room, you know, that, that this is just as protected as any other type of economic behavior. So it's really pretty disgusting that, that companies do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you were saying a minute ago kind of goes back to, the other reason I started Arms List is you would see people go to a gun store and want to, you know, trade something, so to speak, on their next purchase, and you're getting maybe half of yeah. its value, if that, sometimes yeah. worse. And you know, whereas somebody else would would love to pay you somewhere between fifty percent of what it's worth and full price, if you could just connect directly. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think 
it, it cuts margins, which is what we see with every industry over time, especially with the internet, you know, helping people communicate faster and more frequently. So that's, it's just a trend that, that people are going to have to, you know, adapt to and, uh, and make their business model work, you know, with, with that trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I noticed in the show notes, you put that you have a law degree. Uh, yes, I went to law school in, I guess it was 08 or 09. I graduated in 11. So what made you, I mean, what made you decide to not be a lawyer and to pursue this career path where I'm sure, I mean, for one, okay, so let's backtrack. Everyone assumes like, oh, if you're a lawyer, you're like, you know, raking it in, making a ton of money, you're successful, which I've met a lot of like unsuccessful lawyers that are just getting by, but you would think that maybe being a lawyer would probably be a little bit more, I don't know, like an easier job than, you know, than running arms list. Yeah. Well, I think about that all the time because I, I could definitely make more money just practicing and not doing this. But right around the time I graduated in 2011, you know, the website was really picking up and getting more popular and the job market in 2011 wasn't that great because we, we weren't really off of the 07 recession mm -hmm. fully by then. And, you know, politics aside, Obama's uh, leadership wasn't great for the economy either. So there, there just weren't a lot of great jobs I wanted at the time. So I just kind of focused on my own website. And as it's taken off, I wouldn't say I'm earning more money than I would if I was practicing law, but if I didn't keep running it, I, it, it really couldn't go on without me. So I, I can't really walk away from it either. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important enough of a thing that, you know, people, people need to keep fighting for the second amendment when it comes to the internet, because yeah. the intersection of the two things is something that the, the old guard in the industry wasn't ready for. And frankly, it still isn't very good at, you know, so that the c companies like arms list have to, Keep, keep fighting this fight because it's, it's important. Oh yeah. I completely agree. And it's definitely getting bad out there, which I mean, I'm sure you know, but it's, it's just insane. I mean, just all these, if you think about like all the companies now that are taking a stand that, you know, they, I mean, even look at like Walmart recently, how they, you know, they won't allow you to open carry in their store or, I mean, there's just so many companies now that are taking some sort of political stance when it has nothing to do with what they're selling or, you know, what they're doing. I guess, I mean, Walmart does sell guns and ammo, but it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's crazy. And well, it's really just a form of virtue signaling, you know, like, oh, right? hey, look at us. We're, you know, we're in touch with this anti-gun sentiment. So here, here's this policy we have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can look at whether, whether it's the NBA with their, uh, selling uh, games in, in China because that gets them a good audience and, you know, speaking out against capitalism uh, in our country and then, you know, sort of kowtowing to the, the Chinese government so they can make money. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really pretty two-faced to pretty much everyone that's doing it. You know, you, you either believe in liberty or you don't. There, yeah. There's really isn't a lot of middle ground there. Mm -hmm. So what legal issues have you run into, if any, with arms list? Well, so there's this company called the the Brady campaign. It's a, organization that started when Jim Brady got shot, uh, during the Reagan assassination attempt. So before I was born, uh, and they, they tend to find someone that is somehow related to some user of arms list. And then they sue us on behalf of that typically called the perfect plaintiff in mm -hmm. the industry. And those, those, uh, lawsuits have been going for years and they, they seem to never stop. So those are, uh, pretty frustrating and expensive. And, you know, we, we just keep, uh, fighting them and we keep getting their losses dismissed, but you know, it's sort of a situation where you, you lose even when you win because you, you know, you have to essentially prove your innocence. That's one of the downsides of civil court is mm -hmm. in the U S it was just 
designed the way it was so that if you get injured by some product made by some mega corporation, you know, you can sue them without going broke if you lose. Uh, but when big, you know, political organizations like the Brady campaign use it against, you know, small companies like arms list, it's, it really goes against the spirit of the law as it was designed originally, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's still legal and it still goes on in Pennsylvania, you know, in, in the, in the country all over the place. Yeah. You know, a little bit like when Monsanto goes after small farmers and that kind of a thing for, you know, some, some ridiculous infractions they've invented. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that on arms list, you, you posted all of those, those lawsuits and they all kind of seem to boil down to the fact that somebody bought a gun off of arms list. Maybe they, you know, private party sale, they didn't go through a background check. So the person who, you know, let's say killed so-and-so, they didn't obtain the gun legally and they're blaming arms list for it. Well, sometimes it's even worse. Like someone will do a transaction on arms list that's fine. And, you know, that person then sells it again. So we're, we're like two or three times removed, but they still like to sue us because, wow. you know, it's it for when you're a political organization, it's much better to tie in some website that, that sounds scary than yeah. to just, you know, go after people that do bad things. Gosh, I can't even imagine. That is, I mean, how do people even assume that they have a case? And that's like the same thing with, you know, like Sandy Hook, how they're going after like the gun manufacturers because they were, you know, quote unquote advertising to uh, mass shooters. And it's just, yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, that's, it's like it's the rationale behind it. Yeah. Well, it's this weird thing you see in the media where they always want to go after, you know, a firearms manufacturer, any website that they used, anything else. But, you know, when, uh, when terrorists or, or other sorts of ne'er-do-wells, you know, rent a truck, um, you know, make a bomb with fertilizer, run people over on the sidewalk, any of these terrible things that we see, mm-hmm. we don't see that same trend to go after everyone in the, in the line of products they used. Mm-hmm. But with guns, that's how the media likes to play it. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. I'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. So I was thinking the other day just how many products from SB Tactical are used like with all these other companies. So SB Tactical, if you're not familiar with them, they are the inventors and originators of the pistol stabilizing brace. I mean, you could definitely tell that they were the first ones to come out with these braces. Um, there's stuffs everywhere. I mean, literally there's, there isn't any companies where I'm not seeing their products like Palmetto State Armory, uh, Q. I mean, really, all these companies are using their braces, um, as an add on when they're, you know, when they're building these, uh, pistols. So anyways, they have lots of different products, lots of options. I highly recommend them. Check them out at at sb-tactical.com and use the code gunfunny15 for 15% off. All right. So Jonathan, I want to know with all the lawsuits and stuff that you've had to deal with, would you say that you are in favor of nationwide background checks? Definitely not in favor of them, uh, strictly because that would be expansion of, you know, government intervention and the Second Amendment and people's liberty. So, Mm. no. Okay. So even though, and I'm not, I'm not arguing with you and I'm not trying to back you up in a corner (laughs) because I'm on your side. But I mean, one can argue that a lot of these lawsuits you could have just avoided if, if there was a law, I guess, with the nationwide background checks. But I mean, actually now thinking about it and saying that out loud, if somebody's posting, you know, a, gun for sale privately. I mean, who's to say that they are going to go to 
you know, a gun store and do the background check and stuff. So. Well, unfortunately with, you know, the, the political assassination culture that comes with the organizations that are against the second amendment, it doesn't really matter what you do. They're mm-hmm. still against you. And it's, you know, much like we see with everything else that goes on today, they, they sort of, uh, go after people and organizations say you need to play by our rules. And then as soon as someone does it, they, they still go after them. So there really isn't any safe place, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's just sort of how it works with liberty because when, when you're fighting for, you know, things that involve people being free and able to make their own decisions, you know, the, the people that believe in some sort of uh, utopian uh, nerf world where nobody ever gets hurt, they, they don't care who or what happened. They just, they have an agenda. And mm-hmm. when the agenda is that they're against the second amendment and the people's right to keep and bear arms, you know, they don't really care. Uh, there are plenty of gun stores they get sued, uh, you know, when someone does pass a background check and they do something bad. So it doesn't, it doesn't really change. It doesn't change the landscape in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which isn't that something that they, you know, they pass a background check and they're still facing some sort of lawsuit, even though they did everything right. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of these news organizations and anti-gun groups will attack the immunity that the gun manufacturers are supposed to have under certain laws that have been passed in the past so they don't get sued. But, uh, you know, even, even with those in place, they, they still have to often, you know, defend it and raise that defense passed by Congress before they can get out of the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And it's really the same case with all the ones against us because it, it's been settled off since I believe it was 96 when they passed the Communications Decency Act that says you can't hold a uh, website liable as being the uh, speaker of the actual words, language, behavior of the, you know, wh- whoever did something that's just a user of your website when you don't control their speech at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to go through all this nonsense and, you know, lots of time and money and you know, aggravation to just show that, well, this was a person that used the website, you know, that was was warned of the risk, told to follow the law, and they chose not to, to do it anyway. You know, so the, the same person, you know, whether they buy fertilizer or, you know, meet someone in a, a bad part of town and, and buy a gun out of somebody's trunk, you know, a, a bad person that's intent on doing, uh, you know, harm to others or breaking the law, they're, they're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So restricting people that are, you know, lawfully going about their business is always the wrong answer. Yeah. Can you tell me more about the legal defense fund that you have on the website? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So a few years ago, we started that just so you know, so the people that, uh, understand it and, and see about it, you know, that, that want to, um, you know, donate and help us with, with that side of it. So they have somewhere they can go and do that. Uh, you know, we don't give money to uh, anything other than just fighting a nonsense Brady campaign lawsuits, you know, that it's not some, some secret way for anyone to, to get rich. You know, obviously our, our out of pocket costs are, are pretty high and have far exceeded anything we've ever collected. So mm-hmm. there's not any extra money there. If there ever is, I mean, it would be, it would be great to be able to go out and, and start getting more involved with other things, you yeah. know, but that just hasn't been the case yet. So how, um, have you seen quite a few, like quite a few people donate to this cause or do you think that, you know, people are like, oh, that's cool that you have it, but they just assume like other people are going to take care of it and they don't have to. Yeah. I think the second thing you said is pretty common. We, we definitely see a lot of that because we, you know, we have banner ads that run on the website so people can can read about it, you know, and if they, if they click on it, they can read the, the whole website and, you know, see the, see things in depth. But if, particularly when you're running a free website, I think it's, you know, kind of easy to say, well, you know, I, I, I use the website because it's free, you know, to try to save money. I, I hope somebody gives money, but it's very common that, that, that the person 
thinks exactly what you said. I hope someone else does, but I'm not going to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, hmm, I wonder how many people actually go out of their way and donate to that cause, which is a good cause because you're obviously, you know, standing your ground and setting the present for, you know, for future lawsuits and stuff. So, yeah, and they all really just boil down to the fact that, you know, does the does the First Amendment apply to the Internet, which pretty much everyone agrees it does, regardless of their political affiliation. But when it comes to can you talk about firearms and, you know, things to do with your right to keep and bear arms, which is up to including buying or selling those things, you know, that that's when, you know, anti-gun groups sort of make a little carve out like, oh, no, no, we, we don't really believe in the First Amendment on the Internet because that that particular subject is uncomfortable. Mm hmm. Um, you know, which is, I think, far different from, from really awful things like human trafficking, where they actually modified the, the law that Congress passed in 96 to, so they can, you know, uh, punish people and websites that are, that are doing, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but the Second Amendment is, is obviously much different. It's, it's the second, uh, what's the word? Uh, any, anyway, it's, it's the second, uh, thing that the founders thought of and they, they put into the Constitution to say, hey, this is important and we, you know, we don't think that the government should ever infringe on this. Mm -hmm. And the, the fact that private companies are infringing through their, uh, you know, their, their way of meddling is something that, uh, I mean, it, it's not really settled yet. We'll, we'll see what happens over time. Hmm. So changing the subject a little bit, have you had any crazy encounters like with arms list? Has anybody posted anything like weird or, you know, I'm sure do you see kind of pretty often like people getting ripped off? Like what well, do you have? scammers are like this, these cockroaches that, you know, that erupt out of primarily places in West Africa and they, you know, use the internet to try to rip people off. And we're, we're always trying to find new ways to stop them, uh, which is more difficult than a free website than one where we, you know, we would force people to pay. So, you know, we're always trying to fight that battle. And, you know, unfortunately it's hard to ever totally get rid of them because just like cockroaches, no matter what you do, you know, as soon as a, as soon as something happens, they come crawling back out. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they run for cover and then they survive. So, you know, the, the West African, a lot of them are from Nigeria, obviously, from people have been using the internet for a few years. You know, they, they keep trying no matter what you do because it's very hard to actually prosecute anyone that lives in Nigeria and use the internet to scam people in, in uh, developed nations. So how do they typically scan somebody? Oh, I mean, the, the, most common way I think that they try to do it is say, Oh, I have this thing and it's, you know, it's a good price. Send me, send me money or a money order or a postal money order or whatever. And, you know, some people think, Oh, if I send a postal money order, I'm protecting myself because then it's a, a federal crime. But people in Nigeria don't care which jurisdiction in the U S that they've committed a crime in, you know, they're in Nigeria. Yeah. So, you know, once, once your money's gone, it's typically gone. So that that's why I just tell people, you know, meet, meet at, uh, at a gun store or, uh, frankly, uh, certain po local police departments now have uh, part uh, part of their parking lot where people can meet to do face to face transactions. You know, whether you're using some other website or you know you're using Arms List to meet somebody to buy something, that that's just the best way to go. Is to you know make sure you're you're meeting in a safe place. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's... Yeah, I was just talking to somebody the other day. I don't remember which place it was. I might have been in Florida. Florida tends to have all the craziest uh, things that happen, but yeah. they, you know some some of the Local police departments are are adapting, you know, to the the internet in 2019 and, and offering a place where you can meet. Where they, I don't think there's actually officers outside all the time, but at least you're on camera and you're at a police station. So it would take a pretty pretty bold and stupid criminal to try something there. Uh huh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. 
And then you guys, so arms list predominantly sells guns, but I did get an email this morning where you guys said, you know, you can sell ammo, optics, uh, magazines. So, I mean, really it's just anything that's firearm related. Well, I mean, we don't sell it just a minor clarification. You know, we just have a website where people can, can use it to post that those stuff. listings up and then people can, you know, send them a message and, you know, they can go about their, their business as, as they, after they talk. But yeah, we have categories for all the other stuff that, that is also not allowed on, and you know, most of the big tech websites, whether it's your mags, slings, holsters, you know, whatever it is that, uh, Facebook and, uh, the other, the other websites find to be offensive to their, to their sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So have you ever seen any other posts, like any postings that didn't have anything to do with firearms? Uh, oh yeah. We had somebody trying to sell like, puppies before and that kind of a thing. And I mean, if they're in the right category, that's fine. Uh, typically, you know, we'll have our moderators crack down if, if they're posting that stuff in, you know, a different category. Cause obviously the firearms categories, people, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, so when people start putting their CBD oil or some garbage in, you know, in, you know, handguns for sale, then we have to, you know, we have to moderate that and, and put it back in the other category. And if they're repeat offenders, you know, they'll just get banned. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds pretty good to, I mean, buy a gun, get a puppy, get some CBD oil. Yeah, you can get sounds- a little bit of anything you want. Just have to make sure people put it in the right category. Yeah. <laughs> we also have people that'll, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I'm just selling brass and I can ship it anywhere. So they'll list it in like, you know, 10 or 12 states. And, you know, we try to explain that if people want to get stuff shipped, then they'll search other places where they don't live. You know, if, if everybody just lists stuff all over the place, then then the geographic categories don't really serve a purpose anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're, if you're looking for things that are actually near you, you know, you then you'll look for stuff that's, you know, near where you live. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to get it shipped, you know, you can look anywhere and just say ship it, especially with all the uh, premium vendors. We have over a thousand now. So there's gun stores all over the country and you can just call them and say, Hey, I saw you're listing an arms list, you know, ship this to my FFL and most of them will do it pretty quickly. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So tell people where they can find arms list and also tell them, you know, if they want to donate to, you know, the cause, what was that cause again? Um, we just called the arms list legal defense fund. So if you go to armslist.com, you're using it Uh, at the very bottom. There's always a link in the footer to the arms list legal defense fund, uh, as well as our social media and that kind of a thing. Just want to read about what's going on. And, uh, yeah, anytime you, you read about it and you, you think, oh yeah, that's something I find that's important. We, we'd love to have a, uh, some financial support and get your donations, but otherwise, you know, just keep uh, <clears throat> using the website and being good to your, your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. And you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? Sure. Awesome. All right. So we're going to talk about sportsman's guide real quick. So right now, Sportsman's Guide is still having their military surplus mega sale. Um, everything's like up to 40% off and all orders of $49 or more ships free. You can also get $20 off of your purchase of $100 or more by using that coupon code GUNFUNNY20. Now it's time for the AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as Never mind. AF. So I'm sure you probably saw this in the news because it was like everywhere. Everyone was reposting it. Uh, so this happened in May of 17, 2019, and the footage was just released last week. And it is a Oregon school coach who disarms a kid that brings a, a gun to school. 
and he he hands off the gun to a fellow teacher and then he hugs that student. And the guy, the the Oregon coach, um, his name was Keenan Lowe. He's a former star wide receiver for the University of Oregon Ducks who works at Park Rose High as a security guard and football and track and field coach. Basically, he said that you know, his instincts just kicked in when he saw the kid with, uh, with a gun, which I don't think that that would be my instinct. I think I would probably, I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but I don't think that I would approach that person with a gun and give them a hug, but it ended up working out, um, for the best because he was able to disarm the student. And I don't know, it kind of makes you, it, it's kind of, kind of a sad story. Like, not to say I feel bad for the student, but I just, I do kind of feel bad for kids nowadays. And it's just crazy how many kids nowadays are like bringing guns to school or they feel the need to, you know, um, shoot up their school. And you kind of just wonder if like, I don't know, I don't want to say like, oh, they don't get enough hugs at, you know, at home or whatever. But well, yeah, I mean, it's really sad for a couple of reasons, but you know, one of the things we can look to that's changed in our societies we used to have a different mental health system with you know places where people could go that were kind of struggling you know Mm -hmm. but they weren't uh weren't completely a danger to themselves and others it was sort of an in-between place where they could check themselves in and kind of get some help and we we've eliminated most of those places they don't really exist anymore yeah i think that happened in like the 1980s well and And, i also know that there's a movie about that if you ever watch oh gosh i forget the name it was michael keaton christopher lloyd and uh couple other guys and they basically they're they were in a you know an institution and they weren't uh you know dangerous criminals or anything and their uh you know their doctor takes them to a yankees game and he gets mugged so that ends up there's these four mental patients kind of running around new york city you know trying to do their best uh but anyway it demonstrates the point that there was a place you could go to get help when you were sort of in between and now we especially with people pushing for red flag laws we have even less and less of that where people just want you know People that have any sort of trouble to just, you know, uh, get involuntarily committed somewhere or, yeah. or be disarmed or both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there probably really is a place where people are just kind of struggling to go somewhere and not have a stigma attached and not, you know, not have it, uh, you know, alter the, their entire course of their life, you know, mm-hmm. that you can go somewhere and get some help. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was going to say is nowadays, I think people are, are really hesitant to get help because then it goes on your record and you're right with all the red flag laws, you know, it makes people even more hesitant. But I don't know. I wish, like, I was really, I've been trying to think, like, what has changed even, like, when I was growing up and in school versus now, and why does it seem like every other week, you know, there's some sort of shooting incident, and I don't know. Well, I don't think they've changed uh, statistically nearly as much as what the news would have you believe. You know, that people have always been, you know, losing their shit, so to speak, uh, since the beginning of time. It's just that, you know, the, the gun stores always lead for the media because they love to villainize, you know, gun ownership and, you know, anything that anyone does with a gun in America. I mean, the flip side is that when, when a, usually it's a female, but not always, but someone who's physically, you know, at a great disadvantage by some attacker is able to successfully defend themselves with a firearm Mm -hmm. that never makes national news. Yeah. You know, so their, their hypocrisy is very, easy to spot when you're looking out for it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just, I just remember like really the only school shooting that I heard of when I was growing up was really the Columbine 
shooting. Yeah. And yeah, the weird thing about that is we saw the video footage. You know, not I don't remember if it was weeks or months after, but it wasn't that long after. And uh, you know, when things happen like that guy in Vegas, it, it's been what a year, year and a half now, and, and we, we haven't still seen anything. Yeah, don't have all the video footage, and you kind of wonder like, but why? What? That's Las Vegas. Everything is on camera there. Right. Yeah, you're right. Get out our tinfoil hats. We got to get down to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just wonder why they won't just be transparent and you know, know. release that stuff because it, it would be nice if we all knew what what the hell happened out there. Yeah, um, you know, but it just kind of seems like they're they're not really releasing that much of the information, which is you know sad and and uh, pretty much uh, disheartening. You know, when when you when you really just want to get to the bottom of things. Uh huh. Well, and I guess I mean you kind of just question. I don't know. I think. I'm definitely not like into a ton of conspiracies, but I definitely anything with the government, I definitely don't trust. Um, and I think that everyone should question, you know, certain things, but that is, that is interesting actually. Cause I didn't think about that, that they haven't released that footage. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoy conspiracies because I think they, you know, can illuminate situations and, and give you better perspective. You know, how many of them are actually accurate is, is another question entirely, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I enjoy going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and, you know, hearing what, what people on the internet have to say about these situations. Yeah. Well, and if nothing else, it helps it. Like I, I appreciate somebody thinking outside the box, I guess, and not just assuming, you know, all the information that they're receiving is true. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to go back that far, you know, to see, uh, things like the Gulf of Tonkin, you know, or the USS Liberty where, the government outright lied to the people about what happened. You know, mm-hmm. the Bay of Pigs, I mean, the, the history is full of these things, you know, so to, to, to take what's on the news right now and say, well, it has to be a hundred percent true is, is not only, you know, foolhardy, it, it's been proven to be wrong many times in recent history. Yeah, exactly. After these things get declassified and they say, well, yeah, technically the government was doing, you know, some, some shady things and, and lying to the, both the public and some other government, you know, to, to try to get some sort of agenda through. What about the, um, where the media mistaken some, you know, a bunch of footage at a, at a gun range for like the Syrian war? Oh yeah. I mean, like, oh my they, gosh. They're so, in such a rush to get the headline that they don't even bother to get the facts right half the time. Yeah. And I think that was really highlighted pretty well with that kid. Um, what was his name, uh, Sandman and he had like a make America great again hat on or something. And uh-huh, there were these yeah. people like banging drums in his face and, you know, the news media just smeared the kid and said he was like, you know, being, uh, disrespectful in some way, but it turns yeah. out he was just standing there and they came up to him and he just kept standing there. Yeah. You know, and, and the news media was saying what, what a terrible person he was and, and they didn't even have any of the facts. Yeah. I know. Yep. It's, it's insane. All right. Well, enough about that. We're going to talk about Sharps Bros. I always talk about their lowers and their lowers are awesome, but they also, Sharps Bros also offers handguards. Right now they have a 13.7 inch M-Lock ultralight handguard. It's made out of the 6061-T6 aluminum. It weighs 9.1 ounces and it's on sale right now for $129.45. And you can find that at sharpsbros.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. 
So guys, if you have any questions for me, do not hesitate to submit them. Just go to gunfunny.com, uh, fill out the contact us form and submit your question because I didn't have any questions this week. So I had to ask my Patreons and the first person to ask a question was, who was it? It was Tommy. And he wanted to know, does candy corn have addictive properties? And if you guys know me really well, you know that lately I've been eating all the candy corn. Like it's insane. And I never even really like cared for it when I was younger, but suddenly now it's like I'm addicted to it. So yeah, I would say it probably has addictive properties. I even had it this morning for breakfast with my coffee. Candy corn? Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. It's pretty bad. The only downfall of candy corn is it's so sugary that after you eat it, your teeth feel like fuzzy. So you have to immediately brush your teeth. I wouldn't say that's the only downfall. I said that uh, I would I would say the other downfall is that it's it's awful. It it's, tastes awful. It has the texture of crayons. It's not even, it doesn't even look good. It doesn't even look appetizing. Okay, you want to get kicked off this show because that's how you get kicked off. <laughs> Sorry, but, I thought I was supposed to speak my mind. The candy corn's gross. Okay, well, you know, maybe be a little bit more sensitive about it next time you speak your mind. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess some people like it. So I have a really funny story. Just, uh, just the other day I received a package and it was like super freaking heavy. And, um, the minute I opened it, it had like a very sweet smell come from it. And I was like, what the hell is this? It smelled like candy corn. Okay. So one of the patrons decided it would be funny to send me all of the candy corn stuff. So I have shirts that say Ava queen of candy corn, you know, even, uh, it looks like a, a little candy corn and then it has a unicorn you know, like the unicorn head on it. Uh, I got a bunch of candy corn candles, all different kinds of candy corn, like donut shop candy corn, uh, all the different pie flavors. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, a crown that has little candy corns on it. I mean, literally just everything, everything that you could possibly think of that has to do with candy corn, I received. So yeah, jokes on me. And I got to say that after opening it and seeing so much candy corn stuff, I didn't eat candy corn for the rest of the day. I was kind of like, all right, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm over it. But then this morning I woke up and I was like, nope, not over it. Still want it. (laughs) So I don't know what's going to happen after Halloween when they don't have it in stores anymore. But I guess after receiving that package the other day, I do have enough to probably last me for another month. I had a similar experience uh, that I tried candy corn Mm -hmm. when I was a youngster. Yeah. And, but instead of a day, I, I haven't had it since. <laughs> so you tried it once. Uh, and then even today, somebody posted on my Facebook profile that, that psychopaths hand out candy corn on Halloween. I could see that. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. Um, but I'm not, I'm not handing out candy or I'm not handing out candy at all for Halloween. Speaking of what, I don't think anyone is handing out free drugs either. You see all these, you know, warnings, parents say, yeah. Oh, watch out. Seriously. People are, you know, going to give edible marijuana to kids. Nobody gives nobody's, away marijuana. Nobody's going to part with that. Trust me. I'm from Colorado. I know people are like, you know, they like their marijuana here. They're not just going to give it away. They'll give away normal gummies, not, not marijuana <laughs> gummies. <laughs> That's so true. Is, is it uh legal in Pennsylvania? No, uh, we had, I think, medical only passed sometime last year. Um, but you know how it is once government gets their grubby little paws on some of that tax revenue, they'll probably pass recreational here at some point. Yeah. We're just a little behind the curve on that. Well, I think, so Colorado's the first to pass it, which, oh, gosh, I wish they never did. And not to say that I'm against it, like people could do whatever they want. I personally don't partake, but that's just because I have an FFL. 
But I will say that ever since they, they legalized it, everyone moved here. We suddenly have like a ton of homeless people. And I was talking to somebody. So being an instructor, I meet all kinds of different people. And somebody was telling me that, um, a lot of these people from all over the country who, you know, maybe grew, you know, pot like in their basement or, you know, wherever they were like, Oh, I know how to grow pot. Like Colorado just made it legal. I'm going to spend all the money I have on a bus ticket, go there. I'm guaranteed a job. But what they don't realize is Colorado already legalized it medically like a few years prior. So they already had a lot of their employees picked out. So when they got here, they didn't, there wasn't a job for them. And then, you know, and now they're homeless, whether that's true or not, that's what I heard. And it, maybe I believe it. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's like Colorado, it definitely changed for the worst after. So and, it helped the, the government revenue from the taxes, no. but the general, uh, society is is worse off well it didn't even have help the taxes like all the tax money was supposed to go to schools and stuff nobody has seen any of that where's all the tax money going i have no idea but nobody like everyone's like yeah well you know like what happened to this like that's the whole reason why i think a lot of people are in favor to uh, approve it is because that it would bring a lot of revenue to or you know funds to organizations like schools and stuff but you would not be able to tell the difference yeah, that's the problem with the government. They say, oh, once we have some taxes, we'll do some good things, but the money just disappears. Well, and I also don't think anything that involves marijuana, even if it's like a grow house or something um, where they just sell the supplies to grow it, they, because, you know, marijuana isn't uh, federally approved, so they can't open up an account with a bank. So it's pretty much all cash. And in yeah, that that's case, that's another real problem. I mean, until it's federally legalized, it's just not really, you know, then, a good solution. So then, how is the government even tracking how much these people are even making? Well, in order yeah, to, you know, a lot of tax fraud. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's just there's a lot of issues with it. But yeah, so candy corn and marijuana, it's probably the same. But I just haven't I haven't dipped into that marijuana. Well, Pennsylvania, the the one law they were really quick to pass was that if you do get a medical marijuana card for whatever one of the approved uh, diagnoses might be, you have to forfeit your concealed carry permit. And then uh, because of that designation, you can't buy a firearm either because you are federally an unlawful user of, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 whatever they call it, a substance. Yeah illegal substance yeah they have that on the 4473 here in colorado where it says if you're you know addicted to any you know any yeah, sort of substance including them, yeah that clause yeah so there's there's kind of a loophole here in colorado so if they do have their red card they let it expire then they apply for their concealed carrier permit they get that and then they renew or reapply for the red card so <laughs> it's that that's how people get away with it yeah I mean, and it's, but it's, again, it's just one of those laws where, you know, one doesn't talk to the other, so it's not really enforceable. And really, I, I honestly, I don't care. I think as long as it's not hurting somebody, people could do whatever they want. I don't care if they own guns and they're smoking pot. Well, that's the other thing that's not on the federal forms is are you a habitual drunk, you know, or. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not really on there. Well, can you I know, just I'm, say, I'm sure thank God it's that... not because otherwise I wouldn't own any guns. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's, it's so ridiculous. Okay. Um, let's see. So polymer 80. Are you familiar with polymer 80? 
Yeah, we've had a couple of other things. I think we have an 80% lower here somewhere for an AR that we never actually finished. Okay. Well, they, um, I mean, they started with the AR lowers and then they branched off to handgun lowers, which accepts any of the Gen 3 Glock parts. And, um, and it's kind of nice because, I mean, kind of talking about some loopholes, like not to say that, you know, that was their main intention, but if you order a Polymer 80, it's not considered a firearm. When they ship it, they'll ship it directly to your house. And then you file off a few little spots, you know, drill some little holes and suddenly you made your own firearm, which is completely legal. Obviously check your local laws. Some states do vary, but you know, so Check them out, polymer80.com, and if you use the coupon code GUNFUNNY, you will get 15% off. Yeah, I think with the polymer ones, the, you know, some people prefer to get one and build them at home themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, for for their own reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the downside is if you, when you actually run the numbers and, you know, you take the time, you don't really save a lot of money doing that. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing it for... For the, for the reason that you decided that you want to build one yourself. Exactly. Not because you're trying to save money because, you know, the polymer guns have, have really dropped in price, particularly since, uh, Obama left office. I know. Well, I even think about that too. Like if I didn't, if I wasn't constantly getting like AR parts, if like looking back at some of the ARs that I put together and coming up with a price sheet and figuring out exactly what I spent and it could be just like very basic, like minimal AR. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, I could have just bought a stock AR, changed out a few of the, you know, the, like the trigger or the muzzle brake or whatever, a few of the key components and still saved quite a bit of money. So I think anytime you're building your own gun, rarely do you really save versus buying, you know, just something that's already manufactured, but you kind of just have to weigh out the pros and cons. And I personally do like that you get to pick out every little piece and, and really kind of cater it towards, you know, what you want. Yeah. I only recently put together my first AR lower, uh, you know, from a, I mean, it wasn't an 80%, it was a hundred percent lower, but it was unfinished. It was a bare lower and it was not, uh, <clears throat> as difficult as I thought it was going to be, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of look it up on the internet, follow the steps. Yeah. Uh, I had the right tools, <clears throat> excuse me, the pins and whatnot to help assemble it. So that, that, uh, the drive pins, I mean, yeah. And, uh, you know, that helped. But, uh, yeah, like you were talking about price, I mean, particularly with Palmetto State Armory stuff that they've had lately. Dude, I know. It's and just impossible to beat. I, mean, I know. If, if, you, if you're a busy person like most most of us are, it really pays to just buy their stuff and then oh, show yeah. up. Absolutely. And, like, if you have to, all right, change out the barrel or change out, you know, the trigger. But I got to say, like, I have some of their ARs. Um, I have one that's a AR-10. And, I mean, this thing shoots better than one of the ARs that I got that is like a $1,300 AR. and Yeah, a lot of their stuff is really quite good. And I mean, I actually went on the tour of their facility. Uh, I think it's been maybe two months now. They, hit, they had a bunch of us down there that, oh. that do their event link program. I was and, supposed I mean, to go to that. they make everything here. That's so funny. I was supposed to go to that. Facilities. I, Why didn't you go? Okay, so I was on my way like booked my ticket and everything. And then as I was driving to the airport, I received a notification that my, uh, my first flight was delayed and I'd missed my connecting flight. And then I called to reschedule like to, you know, all right, when can you get me out next? They couldn't get me out until the next day. And I would have arrived like sometime in the evening the next day. So I would have missed range day, which that's what I was like really looking forward to was just shooting all their guns. 
and um and then i just decided and because i knew that the the next two days were just like touring facilities and stuff and in hindsight i probably should have just sucked it up and went but i think i was just i was having a bad week and i was like you know what i'm just gonna cancel the trip so i didn't go okay but i mean the ring shape was good it was actually at Such was there. People, I'm sure yeah. most people that are into guns know about uh, Such mm-hmm. Double Lot on YouTube. Uh, he was there, and the range they had it at is actually his home range where he films most of his stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, the one downside uh, of the whole trip was that the, the one morning we all got on the bus that they chartered from the hotel to take us to one of their uh, manufacturing facilities, and we sat in traffic for. I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half, like total standstill. It wasn't just traffic. There was some sort of a, a nasty wreck. It looked like the person who rear-ended the, like a big flatbed uh, 18-wheeler trailer probably was killed. Um, oh, wow. But anyway, we sat there for an hour and a half just sitting still, so we missed one of the tours. We didn't get to see everything. They had to, you know, that day was just kind of accelerated. We had, we had to skip uh, one of the tours. Other than that, the trip, you know, went really fine. And uh, frankly, if I'm going to be stuck in traffic for an hour and a half, a, an air conditioned bus, charter bus with a bathroom in it was, was probably the best, the best situation. Right. And, and not to mention a handful of gun people. Oh yeah. Yeah. With good like-minded people. I wasn't yeah. an actual, like, you know, yeah. public, uh, transportation bus with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah. I do wish I went to that, but it is what it is. All right. Um, so tacty talk. So I'm kind of actually interested, uh, for this segment. Tacti Talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so typically I ask my guests, you know, before they come on the show, if they have anything that they want to talk about, any gear or guns. And you mentioned shoulder holsters, which I'm like, huh, shoulder holsters. Like, you don't really hear about that too much. And if anything... They're not really used as much, but you think that they are making a comeback. I I think they're poised to make a comeback. I mean, I, I don't know if it'll play out, but it, all the pieces are there. I mean, so why do you say that? Well, the, the two biggest reasons they fell out of favor were well, three. I'll, I'll say one: it was cost; they were just too expensive. Two is when you draw, you flag your brachial artery on mm-hmm. your your weak side arm, mm-hmm. uh, which you can fix by just moving your arm. But I mean. With appendix carry getting as popular as it is, I, I don't think people are that worried about the brachial artery at this point. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, just exercising uh, trigger finger control uh, discipline. And uh, the third reason is you can't use it for uh, any sort of competitions because you're flagging the people behind you. True. So, so they're no good for any for that either. But the the cost thing is pretty much going away because shoulder rigs haven't really gone up in price. But some of these. Uh, waistband rigs, whether it's appendix, strong side, or, or other, have have started to push the hundred dollar mark. And then once you once you hit a hundred, there's plenty of shoulder rigs that are just barely over a hundred, and you can carry two full mags, you know, on your opposite side that are really easy to get to. So you're you can't touch shoulder rig for capacity, and it's much better for driving. Hmm. And Frankly, if you ever have to go to the bathroom in public, that's the worst thing about carrying on, you know, oh, your yeah. belt rig, and that's totally erased when you have a shoulder rig. That's true. So I think all the pieces are there. We'll we'll see if they start to come back or not. And you know, in any part of the country where you wear a, a hoodie or a, any kind of a light jacket, you're you're completely covering up and you're concealed. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it, it's really not a bad way to carry. We'll, we'll see if it comes back or not. Hmm. 
And it does, I mean, it doesn't limit your mobility too, which is what I always hated about like inside the waistband or. Well, yeah, um, trying, trying to draw from three or four o'clock when you're driving. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really not very good. I, depending on the car you drive, if you have a pickup truck, I guess it's not too bad, but you know, if you have a sports car that has side bolsters, yeah. not only is it uncomfortable, you can't really get to it. Yeah. Well, that's how my, cause I drive kind of a sports car and the seats are curved. So I can't carry, if I'm carrying inside the waistband, I have to take it off. Right. So now, you know, if you had a shoulder rig, you'd never have to take it off. That's true. That's true. So I guess the only thing that I was always concerned about is because there is like that artery right there in your arm. And a lot of people, they draw so quickly, they're in panic mode and they usually fire prematurely. So now it's like, cool, you just shot that major artery. Yeah, but it's not as major as your femoral artery. True. True, but I don't know. So I guess that was the only thing. That's why I've always deterred my students because I've had a few people here and there ask about shoulder holsters. And I would say that that would be really just my biggest concern. But it's also, I also have to say, you know, whatever your, whatever's the most comfortable way of carrying and whatever you're going to carry, uh, the most, because if you're not, you know, I mean, like there's, there's certain guns where people are like, like I carry a Glock 42 and that's just because the 42 came out before any of those other compact Glocks. But I mean, I shoot it super well. It's really easy to conceal. It's lightweight. The ammo that I use, which I'm also releasing a video here shortly, I use the uh, Civil Liberty or yeah, the Civil Liberty defense ammo and it's super light. I'm doing a review where they actually asked me to shoot at meat. So this is another story. And I'm just kind of like FML because I don't even like cooking. Like I don't like cooking any meat. I don't really even cook. And if I have to like handle raw chicken or something, I'm so freaking grossed out. I end up cutting off like way more pieces off the chicken than I actually even end up cooking. Then I have to like de- disinfect my entire kitchen. Like it's a mess. Um, and so now they want me to basically take like a piece of pork and then, uh, wrap some spare ribs around it and shoot at it. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, one, who's handling this meat? I'm definitely going to need help because I'm assuming you have to put like twine around it. And, uh, how am I, how am I transporting this? What am I doing with it after I shoot it? And yeah, it's just, it's such a nightmare, but yeah, Maybe talk- you can talk him into letting you use ballistic gelatin instead of actual meat. Well, so apparently the problem with the gel is it doesn't show the cavity wound as, as much. It just shows more penetration. So oh, yeah, you need a real slow-mo camera to see the cavity it creates. Yeah. Cause that was my initial. I was like, Oh, okay, no problem. I'll just use the gel. I'll be on my way. And now I'm just like, what am I, and where am I even going to like, uh, my friend was like, yeah, well you have friends that hunt, like just ask them, you know, if, like my friend, uh, one of my friends hunts coyotes. So he's like, yeah, just get a dead coyote. And so I asked my friend, my friend's like, dude, you're not even going to be able to handle the smell. Like you do yeah. not want to shoot. And I was like, you're right. I didn't even think about that. And I've never gone hunting. So I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life right now? I just bought one of those cameras that does the super slow motion. So I can actually get the bullet coming out of the barrel. Oh, nice. Yeah. I just uploaded a video to the YouTube. I think it. Facebook doesn't even let us upload half the time anymore. It just mm-hmm. keeps erroring out. But I think it let me upload that one to Facebook as well. Oh, nice. And it's, so you get, you get, you well, it was pretty cool. So the one we shot the 19X and you see like a little puff out of the back of the chamber where the barrel touches the slide uh-huh. before you see the flame out the front and then the round comes out and then the slide 
reciprocates after the round is gone. So it's really pretty cool to see in super slow motion. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, anything in slow-mo is, like, really cool. Yeah, I just put together a couple slow-mo shots I took that day and put some music behind it, and, and it got uh, pretty well received on both the Facebook and the YouTube. And Probably as good or better than most of the videos. Yeah, and your YouTube is just uh, Arms List? If somebody... I believe in Arms List. Somebody had that, so I think it's Arms List Media. Okay. But if you go to armslist.com, uh, you know, the YouTube logo is there at the bottom. You can just click over. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's move on to iTunes reviews. All right, so these iTunes reviews are a little short, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. And if you guys are on iTunes, I'd really appreciate if you left a review. Um, so Poetry on Cracker, um, this guy always leaves reviews, and I do appreciate it. Five stars, big time podcaster. I think you've got the podcast interview thing down. Always interesting and good guest questions. P.S. I've already won stuff. Give it to some new listeners. Second is Amberly765, five stars, love it. As a female, I really look up to you and appreciate what you're doing. So I guess typically I would ask my guest uh, to pick a winner, but since Poetry on Cracker, you know, he's too good for any free stuff. Uh, I guess, Amberly, you are the winner. So contact me and I will send you out a prize pack. And I think Charger Arms is also giving away hats and patches too. So kind of like double the win. All right, we're going to start wrapping up. So if you guys want to find me, just go to gunfunny.com. There's links to everything, including my YouTube channel as well as gunfunnies, all the social media, iHeartRadio, iTunes. And um, if you enjoy the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. Lots of different levels. I, you know, we have a lot of fun within our Patreon group. Like I said, it was one of the patrons that sent me all the candy corn stuff. So we're always playing tricks on each other. And, uh, and it's just, it's nice because, you know, if you're looking for some internet friends that are like-minded, who have a good sense of humor, I would definitely recommend, you know, donate a dollar, join the Facebook, uh, the Patreon only Facebook page. Otherwise there's other different types of, uh, of uh, donations as well. Blown Deadline, he's giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. So whether you pledge $1 or $100 a month, you are entered into that drawing. And um, I wanted to thank our editor and producer, Kenny Ortega. I also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons and Charger Arms. And Jon Snow is still the king of the Patreon. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles can never fill out an online form because she never, she will never submit. <laughs> and then last thing is I'm still doing the Tack Pack giveaway. So guys, head on over to gunfunny.com forward slash TP, enter your name, your email address. Once a month, I draw a lucky winner. Otherwise, if you want to just go and head over to tackpack.com and get your free or I'm sorry, not your free. If you want to get your first box, enter the code GUNFUNNY and you will get a free mystery grab bag with your first box. And Jonathan, thank you once again for joining me. Just remind listeners um, where they can find you or where they can find Arms List. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, go to armslist.com. Our uh, latest YouTube video should be posted near the top of the page all the time. Um, if you want to read about our, our legal battles with the Brady campaign, uh, just go to the bottom and click on the Arms List Legal Defense Fund. Uh, you know, but otherwise just, uh, use the website and, uh, exercise your second amendment right and, uh, be good to one another. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we are out of here.
Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>